Hi, I'm Phil Ranta, the host of NFT Stories Podcast. Every week we tell another story from this multi-billion dollar market alongside the artists, collectors, companies, and entrepreneurs that are making it all happen. Celebrities are all over the blockchain space. From Logan Paul combining Pokemon box breaks and NFTs to Matt Damon implying you're a coward if you don't buy on Crypto.com, it feels like a matter of time before they all have their play. But to complicate matters, the hardcore NFT community is pretty hard on traditional celebrities. Some of that is deserved. Adult film star Lana Rhodes sold $1.5 million in NFTs before announcing she's shutting down the program shortly thereafter. Die-hard NFT and crypto enthusiasts can't get away with that if they ever want to work in the space again. But celebrities? Why do they care? But as the subculture graduates to just culture, celebrities will naturally catch up. But is that right around the corner? Or is that far out in the horizon? I recently talked to Ishmili, who brought Floyd Mayweather into the NFT space after becoming enamored with the space after seeing the success of Top Shot, then becoming an early owner of a board ape. In the past year, Ishmili has become a leading creative director in the NFT space for celebrities, brands, and his own projects. We talk about everything from music blockchain projects to working with the Wolf of Wall Street, to owning an impressive collection of 1,500 NFTs. It's a rare window into the front lines of what the A-list is thinking about this space. Quick note, this interview was recorded way back in January, so there are some references to projects and times that were upcoming and now have been launched for a while. We also recorded this over video chat, and there are some computer sounds that made it into the final mix. So please ignore those and enjoy a window into Hollywood and NFTs. Ish, thank you so much for joining us on the NFT Stories podcast. My pleasure. Great. So I haven't seen you since before the pandemic. The last time I saw you was at um, when you spoke at my conference and it was virtual. So that's yeah. a we both survived the pandemic, right? <laughs> we've, we've made it so far. I wish that I could say that the pandemic was over, but it seemed to be, at least here in Los Angeles, it's just lingering, you know? You know, ironically, you were the first person I ever heard the term metaverse for. Really? Oh, that's I, cool. Well, it was 2020, yeah. um, and you were working on a metaverse. Um, I, I forget the name, but you actually showed me this thing, and I was like, wow. It was like a virtual world that was sort of like derived from the real world. And, you know, at that time, you had just left Facebook as, you know, the head of Facebook gaming. So I was so intrigued by what you showed me. And now the word metaverse is all over the place. There you go. Yeah. An early version of Wormhole Labs, which is now out to the world. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for joining. Where we're digging in this week is really on how celebrities should be looking at the NFT world. Um, Can you talk a little bit about the work you've done with celebrities and NFTs? Yeah. You know, as you know, I have a background in influence marketing. Um, You know, influence marketing, you know, is is a very efficient form of marketing. And, you know, like everyone else during the pandemic, I was just in awe with what the NBA did. 
um, with Softshot. Um, I think that was probably the one project that kind of put NFTs in the, in the limelight. Um, clearly, there were NFTs before that. Um, but when I saw the headline that someone bought a LeBron James um, highlight for $280,000, I, I just couldn't connect the dots. You know, I've seen many highlights. We all have. And I was like, why would somebody want to own a, a highlight of a dunk? LeBron has <laughs> thousands and thousands of dunks. Why are you paying that much for it? How do you monetize such a thing? And what is the economics behind that? And as I dove in deeper, I realized, wow, this could be very revolutionary. Then I saw the headline about how the NBA made over $200 million, or was it a quarter billion dollars in revenue? And then I realized, wow, this could apply to every type of sport. Um, in my influencer marketing career, I've been privileged to work with a lot of A-listers, and one of them was Floyd Mayweather. So immediately I started looking at how can I add value um, in a win-win capacity to Floyd? Um, you know, he had disclosed to me that he had an upcoming exhibition fight. Um, so I figured, okay, if we can put something together, maybe we could do an NFT drop. And, you know, I, you know, was one of the first, I, I was the first guy to ever tell Floyd about crypto in general. Um, so, you know, I had wow. that. And now he's knee deep in it. Now he's talking about it all the time. Yeah, yeah. But this is, you know, <laughs> back in the ICO days and, you know, we, you know, we were all learning. Um, and then one thing led to another and I just said, look, would you be interested in doing an NFT drop? And, you know, after explaining it to him, he saw the opportunity as something that aligned with his brand. Um, you know, and I approached a group of investors and sort of like brokered a deal where they um, worked on an NFT drop. And so the company was called Ion Labs, um, great group of guys. And I connected them with, with the champ and, you know, they, they worked on an NFC drop. So I stayed on as a creative director because, you know, I knew both parties and I knew what would align with Floyd's brand. And, you know, at the same time, trying to make sure that these investors were happy. Um, and we did the first NFC drop on a platform called Rarible, mm -hmm. um, which was kind of naive at the time because the thinking was Rarible is a marketplace that would give you the, that charges the least amount of fees. I, right. Right. You know what I mean? And they gave you Rari token. And then, you know, once that happened, there was a lot of resistance from the NFC community. Um, they were like, we don't like celebs. And I was like, why don't you guys like celebs? Right. Everyone else loves them. Yeah, <laughs> so we hear that a lot from NFT fans is they, everything that the mainstream likes, a lot of them hate, you know? Yeah, it's truly a subculture. And like any other subculture, you have to respect the culture. Um, and if you're trying to alter things, you, you still have to be respectful. So, you know, we trucked on and did the first Floyd drop. This was the time when one-on-ones were the big deal, right? Um, you know, this is when Beeple did the $69 million sale and the whole world was like, this is crazy. Um, so I figured, you know, we could do something great. So we put together, we found an artist, um, did a drop in Rarible right before Floyd had a fight. And it did about half a million dollars in revenue. Mm -hmm. A bunch of glitches, was a, there was a learning curve. And then we did another drop, which we partnered up with a with, a, with an existing community called the Bulls in the Block, um, and you know, a lot of a lot of glitches um, sure. with the contract. Um, it was such a learning experience, and you know, Floyd himself is very protective of his brand, and he's also going through the learning curve. So certain things didn't align um, at the end of the day, but you know, the, the the drop was successful in terms of the rollout. 
Um, and um, I understand now why people are such um, advocates of an, you know, why people in this culture do not like celebs because their expectations are not realistic, so to speak, right? Um, I, don't, I haven't seen any celeb, in my opinion, um, do an NFT drop that would satisfy true NFT enthusiasts, except maybe Gary right. Vee. And right, I don't think right. And even then, celebrity is a weird because he's really was more of an he's NFT of evangelist. Right, right. So he's more of a marketer, and right. you know, he's he pumps up a lot of dopamine, right? He's consistent right. with the message. You know, if it's garage sales, it's gonna pound it. If it's TikTok, it's gonna pound it. You know, yeah. a box that was generated over a billion dollars or an NBA player was made hundreds of millions of dollars. They don't have to do that, right? Right. And no disrespect to Gary Vee, but he's made his fame from internet social media marketing, right? Sure. They've made sure. their legacy outside of that. So it's it, they're outside of their comfort zone, so to speak, right? And so yeah. I learned quickly that, oh, wow, maybe the monkeys or the apes are more desirable than real world celebs. And that's just the case right, right now. Well, the so, apes became celebrities, right? Like the idea of, 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 of someone who owns a bored ape is your Brad Pitt of this world, you know? I own two board apes, fortunately. There and we go. Yeah, so, <laughs> and so what now I- You're two Brad Pitts in this world. I can learn the culture, right? Yeah. I was like, I can't make assumptions. Um, you know, I, I need to understand what's going on. And I was in love with this thing. NFTs, I realized were going to be um, one of the mediums that will be the fastest transfer of wealth. Um, and in essence, they're crowdfunding tools. They're community building tools, they're, they're digital art, they enhance and enable creatives to monetize, and they also allow the community to, you know, gain an appreciation and value. So with the Bored Apes, you know, hanging out on, on Clubhouse and, you know, and, and, you know, Instagram, I started seeing a lot of people changing their avatar, their profile pictures. And I was like, why do you want to have a picture of a monkey? What's that about? Right? So I hosted a Clubhouse room. And, you know, the, the, the title was, should I buy a board ape? Because I yeah. saw the fast rise in appreciation. I, you know, the blockchain allows a, a high level of transparency. So I realized quickly, gosh, they just bought this thing for 250 a couple of weeks ago. Right. right? And someone sold it for 2.5. So I started paying attention and I saw that it was going up, the floor price. So I started learning what a floor price was. I was there like, you know, I was like, okay, uh, I need to start ignoring this, this is, this is, you know, this is something interesting shaping up. And so I, I came into the board apes when they were 3.1 Ethereum. So at the time they had already 12 X, right. Mm -hmm. And my intentions were if I could double my money, cause I came in as a flipper, if I can double my money, um, that would be awesome. Right. So I bought two of them, you know, cause the first thing that happened was when I did the clubhouse room, I asked a few people, why do you have a board ape? And it was about 12 board apes that showed up because of the title. And they were like, well, I, you know, look at that guy. It just reminds me of me. And this guy is, you know, he, the, the way he dresses. So I was like, this guy's are really identifying with this profile pictures. This is part of their digital identity. So that sort of resonated, but I still didn't, you know, align with that. I was looking at it clearly from the perspective of an investor flipping a new digital asset class because, you know, I have a background in selling domain names, blah, blah, blah. And I had met guys like you who educated me on trends like the metaverse. Um, you know, at my conference, I had interviewed the guy from Xset, 
learned that esports was a big thing. Um, you know, the guy, the CEO of Trillis. So I, 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 by my training, I learned to be open-minded. So when I booked the first board eight, I was someone who was very inactive on Twitter. You know, I just didn't have the bandwidth to be on multiple right. social media platforms. So I learned that Twitter was the de facto social media platform. So I changed my profile picture to my ape and I said, I just followed the trend, ape follow, ape hashtag. And to my surprise, I had a thousand followers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is kind of cool. And it dawned to me, I was like, every single one of these guys that has these apes could easily sell it right now for $6,000, but they're not selling it. So I would like to be in a community like that. So I was thinking about it from a networking perspective because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm part of a club. So I felt that immediate sense of brotherhood. And I was like, I'm not going to sell this thing. I'm going to ride this out. So I bought a second one when there was a slight dip at 2.94 and I still have them. And wow. you know, last year I got two mutants, sold them for six figures and still kept my apes. Right. I came in right after they did the Kennel Club. Um, right, right. Mint. But yeah. it just got me into NFTs. And now I own over fucking 1,500 NFTs. Sorry for this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, and I'm just an avid collector. And, you know, I, yeah. I have a wealth of experience. I work with a bunch of different projects in an advisory capacity. Um, I'm building out my own drops. I've done drops on multiple blockchains, Binance, Solana, OpenSea. It's so crazy, like... We're just talking about that earlier. It hasn't even been a year. And, right, right. you know, the space has grown so rapidly. I've grown rapidly. And I'm just looking forward to an amazing 2022. Yeah, that's great. So now I, I guess, we, I mean, we started by talking about how celebrities can get in the NFT space. But as an ape holder, and then also somebody who has 1,500 NFTs, you've kind of become one of the celebrities in this space. I wouldn't say so. I would just say that I'm, um, I'm just someone that, believes that demonstration is better than, than words, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, why talk about things as a theory when you're staring at a gift horse in this space, you know? Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I realize quickly that there are a lot of tools out there that allow you to find out what projects are trending. And at the same time, you know, it's a very, very treacherous um, asset class to navigate because like Gary Vee said, 90% of these projects are going to fail. Right. So in, 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 while we're all in acquisition mode, there are certain best practices that I have to buy. Um, you have to study the community. You have to join the Discord. You have to study the roadmap. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that you have to pay attention to because on the surface level, everything looks good. Um, right. It's just, it's deeper than the art. Yes. No, absolutely. And every single roadmap seems to sound the same, right? Correct. We're launching the Discord, and then we're <laughs> going to step into the metaverse, and then you're going to get free airdrops. And it's yeah. really hard to kind of, and I imagine when you're working with celebrities, explaining to them that this isn't a one-off sale, and then they buy it, and then they disappear, must be a pretty tough part of the conversation. because they're probably And, not and that's the problem. I don't think a lot of celebrities are willing to make that commitment yet. Right. They're still studying the space. Look, right. And then there's also this stereotype that NFTs are only digital art. We, we did an NFT drop with a singer named Trey Songs, And, you know, that NFT generated $1.4 million in three hours. Wow. And, you know, when I was explaining to him what we wanted to do, and he was he's a very smart guy. He knows about the blockchain. He had a MetaMask, but he didn't have any NFTs. So I was explaining to him, I said, listen, um, I need some songs from you. And I'm going to turn them into NFTs. And he was like, what are you talking about? 
So he gave me like some basic vocals. I had to find some producers and, you know, arrange the song, take the vocals and turn them into full tracks. And Binance came along with a company called Melos. And, you know, they did a, They did what's called a music mystery box where they sold 50,000 of those NFTs for $28, um, 20 Binance US dollars. It wasn't available in the US because Binance doesn't operate in the US in that capacity. And so we were surprised when they called and said it sold out. Um, wow. With very little marketing from Trey, um, you know, but obviously the IP, part of it was from him. Um, and he's built a, an amazing brand for himself in the music space. He's sold over 25 million records. So he has enough fans overseas outside of the US to be able to monetize without the record label being involved. Um, right. So music blockchain is another component that I think that celebs could benefit from. And yeah. we also tied in some experiences, like it was a randomized mint. So you never knew one guy got to have a Zoom call with him. Another person got one track. So that. Oh, that wow. So uh, the utility was actually variable too, based on what NFT right. they received. It wasn't wow, just selling cool. a song, you're paying a price. I've seen people like Blau, who I'll consider a celebrity, um, do something similar, but very, very different, different structure where he flat out sold NFT 4,936 copies of it for $333. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that was an interesting case study because he's done it multiple times. And now he has a, a marketplace called Royal and he's right. working with the likes of Nas where they're, they're, they're allowing their fans to participate in that with, in, in their, um, in their royalties, you know, like in, in that economy. Um, so I think NFTs, you know, we've heard of people like Tory Lanez who made $1 million in one minute um, with a, by NFC in an album. Um, you know, I met a rapper named Money Man who's doing an NFC project right now. And, you know, so a lot of these guys are paying attention because why this will liberate them from the record labels, right? right? This will allow them to make more money. And this allows them to connect directly with their fans in a different medium. Um, you know, instead of just selling streams, which in my opinion, the economics, the, the economics of that is just predatory. Right. Right. Well, you yeah, know. it always has been. And when you, yeah. so when you're talking to a celebrity and you're ramping this up, do you have to kind of come with a fully baked plan and just say, trust me, a smart contract takes out the middleman and then you're going to own all of this. Or is it one of those things where you have to hear them riff for a while and then make it work along with it, what they want to do? You know, I'm starting to develop the mindset where it's like, you don't need the celebrities. You know, I, right. I was introduced to the Wolf of Wall Street. And yeah. I'm going to be very transparent. And we were supposed to do an NFC project together. And I don't think we saw eye to eye, um, you know, because, again, you know, celebs by nature have an ego. And in this Web 3.0 economy or environment, it's community over anybody. They don't care who you are. Right. They don't. It's, it's, if, it's, if it's not beneficial to them, if the roadmap doesn't seem like they could see gains from it, they don't care about it, right? So it's different from Web 2.0 where I have a blue check mark and the algorithm allows more people to see me. I'm more relevant. Here it's the communities that are relevant. And, you know, we're, we're moving from a centralized world to a decentralized world. And it, it takes a change of mindset that might not favor them in the long right. run, right? right. I, I would say that the board apes collectively have more relevance than any celebrity in America. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you see a lot of celebrities. I think a lot of celebrities want to get in because they see the stories of other celebrities doing a million dollar one of one sale 
But you always have to ask yourself, is that another speculator who just doesn't understand that this thing is probably like Donald Trump is doing his own 10,000 generative set right now. Is he? And yeah, he is. It was, yeah, it was uh, announced this morning. I read a news article on it. Love and it. then like, uh, you know, Paris Hilton did her $1 million one. And like, you have to ask yourself, is this something that somebody bought thinking it would go to 2 million and then was sorely disappointed or, you know, and when will celebrities uh, kind of come to the realization that maybe this isn't for everybody? Yeah, you know, it's funny you brought up the Paris Hilton thing. I, I really doubt that Paris Hilton is as relevant as she is and as much sweat equity she's putting into this space can pull that off today. Yeah, right? that's, pro- that's very, time, very early. Yeah. yeah, at the time, that was the trend, right? right? People were selling one of ones. People have learned quickly that, you know, I guess the culture has shifted or evolved into more community-based projects. That's why you hear about this 10K generative drops, and there's so many of them. Because collectively, as a community, there's more, there's more power than one individual, right? right. If there are 10,000 assets in a collection, or 5,000, or 3,000, or even 1,000, right? The odds of a secondary market appreciation are much higher. How many people are willing to buy the Paris Hilton NFT that sold for a million for more than that, right? Right. How many people are even in that demographic? But look at the Bored Apes. They came in at $250. Anyone could have afforded that. Most people could, let's put it that way. And now the floor price, the last time I checked, was $275,000. Right. In less than a year. So that's the power of community, right? That's the weakest hand out of 10,000 NFTs with over 6,000 collectors is selling it for well over a quarter million in less than a year. So that benefits more than just Paris Hilton, right? right. That benefits 6,000 people, right? Yeah. And, and, and when you think about that, that's what it's about. That's what Web 3.0, you know, epitomizes, which is community over anybody. Right. So here's a question for you then. If Oprah said, Ish, you have to launch an NFT project with me and it has to be successful and it has to be on Oprah brand, and you couldn't say, no, I don't do celebrity drops anymore, what point of view would you take if it was a celebrity that was just purely trying to figure out their way in the space? Well, with someone like Oprah, it could be an opportunity to raise money for a charity, right? Sure. It, could be, it could be a way to create awareness for a cause. I doubt that she needs the money, right? But she could also <laughs> make money from it. But look, a lot of women drops are now becoming very relevant, you know? I invest in a lot of these women um, celebrity projects, Rebel Society, Women Rising, Women and Weapons. Um, these drops are becoming, I mean, we just saw what happened with, um, I can't remember what's the name, um, the, the one that 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 it's really ranking very high. I can't remember the name. Just, I, I look at it every day. <laughs> the yeah, floor the, the, the one that Logan Paul just tweeted about. There was yeah, a, a women But anyways, no, you know I what I'm talking about. I know they the one you're be, talking about, yeah. They just get commercial rights and everything. I can find out in a second. Um, but but I never, I, you know, I missed that one. But the point is, um, as this space evolves, right, diversity and inclusion is going to be a big deal, right? So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm excited about Black History Month next month. And I think that there'll be a lot of spotlight on Black creatives as well, um, which is what Web 3.0 is about. It's about community and and you know, the more diverse and inclusive it is, the more the community thrives, right? When you look at the artwork with projects like CryptoPunks or MeBits, it, it represents a wide range of, 
of the of the population. You know, there are black me bits, there are women me bits, and you see these projects that are highlighting different cultures. Um, there was an NFT that I bought today that was themed around Asian women, right? Um, you know, so it, it's beautiful to see, and I think that in in the realm of digital art, people are expressing themselves in in means that we never saw before. Look, I'm the new art collector. I I'm not the guy that goes into an art gallery or Sotheby's and you know, drinks the wine and looks at the Picasso. Like, I just never was that guy. You know what I mean? Like, but now I can sit and look at my phone and stare at a gallery all day. I can use tools like on cyber, you know, I have a a gallery. If you go to tokens.gallery, I display some of my NFTs and I can share that with people all over the world without a physical barrier, without feeling like they're looking down on me. So it's more comfortable, right? I don't care what your color is. When you go to certain places, it's supposed to be for high class society. And, you know, galleries and museums have that flair to them. Right. And now it opens up to everyone. Everyone knows what a bored ape looks like. It's it's one of the most desired, you know, assets in the world. Right. Yeah. You know why? Because there are 10,000 of them and thousands of people own them. And and right. so you, you're seeing all these rappers like Future, Lil Durk. Um, changing even Snoop Dogg, Lil Baby, changing their profile pictures as big of a brand as they have individually to to join in this community, right? It, it's such a beautiful thing to watch, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So do you think, I know that you're moving out of celebrities specifically, but do you think that in general, celebrities are going to catch on to the idea of building fan communities around this? I think we're moving think away from A lot of them are just going to jump into Exactly. I think we're moving away from a culture where community comes over celebrities, over individuals, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's beautiful for humanity in general. Like, I think that we should adore people that are successful, people that are famous, but we shouldn't worship them, right? Yeah. I, don't, I don't share that mindset. And I think that if they're not given back to us, then they're taken from us, right? So there, there are different types of celebrity. They're just people. They're good people. They're bad people, Right. So nothing against anyone's celebrity, but in this culture, it's community over anyone. So I think that a celebrity plays the role of enhancing a community. The community gets excited if a celebrity is part of one of them, and the celebrity should equally be excited to be part of that community. Yeah, when you when I think of you know Jimmy Fallon, and you were to say, what's the first NFT project you think of Jimmy Fallon? I say Board Ape Yacht Club, right? Like you he know. didn't launch his own. He jumped into an existing thriving community and changed his avi, and then that becomes him, right? And in a way that's risk mitigated, you know? Right. And I think that if a celebrity wants to have a successful NFC drop, that should be the right approach. Be part of the community. Let them know that you're enthusiastic about it. Not, you know, there's a there's a phrase called cash grab. People, people detest that. And they don't want to feel like, you know, you're just going to come here and, and blow smoke, right? So... I think it's a beautiful thing. I mean, I, I learned fast that people don't really care about celebrities. They care about a win-win. They want to be part of something. They want to have a digital identity. They want to see that thing appreciate as an asset. And they want to add value to a community. And they want the community to add value to them. And I think that even resonates with these celebs. You know, I sold a mutant ape to a, a British soccer player, um, Reese James, who plays for Chelsea. And the conversations were very interesting because he really wanted the ape. Like he was like, I want it, I want it, I want it. You know, it wasn't one of those things where I was like convincing him. So it's evolved to a stage where now they're watching and they they want it. I was on a phone call with a 
another one of his teammates, Shabola, number 14 for Chelsea. And he was asking me, what should I buy, right? And so to me, I think celeb culture is learning quickly. I guess celebs are learning that, one, this is a thriving asset class. And number two, in terms of building a personal brand, this could be a catalyst to help them take it to the next level, right? If there's 6,000 board apes and the cheapest board ape is $270,000 and you're part of that community, on top of your celebrity, you're just making yourself more relevant in Web 3.0. And that's yeah. where we hit it, right? <laughs> and in a world where digital identity is almost more valuable than physical identity, this is the yeah. equivalent of having the private jet or the Lamborghini or the, the hottest clothes. You know? it's, it's funny you brought that up because I saw it sweet where this girl said, um, I'm more impressed with a guy that has a picture of a bored ape than a Ferrari because the Ferrari could be leased, it could be rented, can't finance a board eight. You know what I mean? So I reposted that and I said, guys, please sit this one out. Let's hear from the ladies. And they they agreed with her, right? So we're we're going through um, a shift in in society where we're we're, we're not attached. We're not as attached as we were to material things. Like these are the new status symbols. Like there's nothing wrong with a Ferrari. There's nothing wrong with a Rolex, but that doesn't benefit us, right? Because a Rolex doesn't give me access to a community, right? A Rolex doesn't give me bonus airdrops that could turn into six figures, right? A bonus doesn't give me access to, you know, a a Rolex doesn't give me any utility other than me trying to show people that I have some money. Right. Right. So, you know, when you put it in that perspective, you know, this asset class is is unique, right? and it's not just board apes. You know, board apes obviously are very relatable because people know about them. But I believe that the next board apes are in their infancy right now. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and frankly, there's a lot of communities that weren't explosive when they started. And then just through sheer willpower of the community, like I, I point to Adam Bomb Squad a lot, which the floor is still pretty low. People can buy in for less than $1,000 in fiat, but... It's a really vibrant community. They support each other on Twitter. They share good morning and they share their bombs. And it's already on an established clothing brand and they do a lot of Twitter rooms. And it's just the floor is just rising, rising, rising. So those kind of assets are really interesting. And outside of the celebrities, it's also interesting to watch what's happening with the with the brands. Well, you know, Pepsi did a drop. Budweiser did a drop. You know, I, I'm talking to... Um, a, 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 a restaurant chain. Um, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not privileged to say the name, but they're <laughs> sure. looking to onboard them. They're, 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 you know, I'm advising them on how to onboard them on the metaverse. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, and, and now you're looking at people like Snoop Dogg, who's just been very active in the space. Right. Shout out to son Cordell, um, who's behind the scene making a lot of stuff happen as well. Um, but Snoop is making his brand way more relevant than it was in Web 2.0. He's positioning himself as a leader. In Web 3.0, when the Super Bowl happens, there, there are going to be some activations that are that you know rumors are there will be activations involving the the board apes, right? So sure. yeah, in the Super Bowl at the Super Bowl because he's performing this year in Los Angeles. Um, so this is going to be immersed into main culture. Um, you know, there was a record label that sent, signed a band of board apes. Um, right, I saw that. Right, and I think that you know the NFL is now creating NFTs with their tickets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is becoming 
you know, the blockchain is 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 revolutionizing so many different verticals. But right now, digital art is at the forefront of it because human beings, you know, the visual reference is important, right? But this is going to impact banking, um, you know, everything. Every vertical in society will have will be impacted mostly positively by the blockchain. Mostly, yeah. <laughs> Mostly. So, Ish, uh, we're, we're coming up on our half hour, but I'd love to hear what other projects you're working on and launching soon. So I know oh, yeah, you're I like all other board apes have projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've advised 26 sold-out drops. Hopefully today will be number 27. We're in the middle of a live mint for a project called Me Legend. Um, Me Legend.io. It's the first esports um, NFT project. Um, the Genesis drop is going on right now. We've sold over half of them. Um, I'm going to do a bunch of music drops this year. Um, God willingly, because I, you know, I know that that's 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 really an underserved vertical in this space for now. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm working with a with a gaming company that um, is going to do a big big drop on Solana, um, very well adequately funded. They just received five million dollars um, from a VC, um, so they have a, a lot of capital, and just you know, looking forward to just helping people navigate the space, whether it's a celebrity or a brand. Um, you know, I will be hosting a conference in Miami called the NFT conference. So I'm tokenizing access to that through my own project called Smoking Apes. 555 people or 555 Smoking Apes will be available. So we did the pre-sale. It sold out. Um, we sold out 100 at 0.2 Ethereum. And now we're doing the public sale on the 20th. And it's going to be 0.3 Ethereum for the other 455. So you, you gain access to a conference. You gain access to our Discord. Um, we have a private channel for the members. And we share NFT buy suggestions. So now you're part of a wolf pack instead of being a lone wolf. Um, and people see a lot of value in that. Um, I'm doing a project called Astrology.Club, which is astrology-themed. We just launched the Discord. Looking forward to doing very well with that. But... What I really enjoy doing is just helping people navigate this space because people come in naively. They're paying a bunch of Instagram pages $100,000 for a post. And I think it's a ripoff, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I just think that there are better ways to spend your money and, and get a better ROI. So I, you know, I mostly work as a consultant and that's what I enjoy doing. And I'm happy to, to see that you're fully immersed in the space as well. I love it. And I'm happy to see you in there too. Ish, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate all your insights. Appreciate you, man. This episode of NFT Stories Podcast is hosted and produced by me, Phil Ranta. Theme music is by Mike Constantini, and we're made possible by our friends at We Are Verified. This episode has now officially been minted. See you at the next drop.